Hey, this is Mark Altman of Inglorious Trexperts in the 430 movie. And if you're a fan of our podcast, you don't want to miss Deck 78. Available now by subscribing at trexpertsplus.com. This is a bonus podcast full of great discussions about popular culture, film, and television. By your command, here's a sneak peek. And you know, you're talking, I love how, you know, because you've gone on to do work outside of acting with veterans. And I love, you give these speeches about what America means. You know, and how exciting you have that great moment where you're talking about how exciting it is to be in this seat of our, our democracy. And it's, it's great. Well, that's what I was going to say when Vinny on, on day one. And by the way, I think that that arc is the most underrated arc. A hundred percent. You know, totally. Cannell totally. even said, oh, Cannell didn't, even though he pretty much left us alone, he still had his opinion, of course. It's still his company. And uh, he thought that, that arc was a little bit too cerebral and confusing, and we vehemently disagreed with him. I said, no, you know, the whole audience can go a few minutes without seeing something blow up, you know? <laughs> yep. might, and especially by that time, we pretty much had our core audience. So they mm. were with us. By the time day one showed up, they were on board. The ones that were going to be on board were already. So, but I... The way the thing I loved about that one of the things I loved about that arc is when yeah on day one when Vinny goes and he says big pipe pull over the car and you see the Capitol and you see the and Vinny is so sweet almost in his naivete mm-hmm. that's great about, like, oh I love this town you know this is what it's yep. all about and yeah. then as it turns out all these people are want to chop his head off are conspiring against him Absolutely. and that's what's so wonderful is that this could go, you mentioned it before, different genres, that there's the James Bond arc, there's the Godfather, there's this wonderful thing with his mother who who he can't tell that he's an undercover agent, she thinks he's a hood, and now you're doing Seven Days in May and a conspiracy <laughs> thriller. Yeah, yeah. And where the seed of that idea came from was my idea of counterfeiting. As one crime I've always been fascinated by, and mm-hmm. that is counterfeiting. And I always thought, even as a kid, I thought, wouldn't it be smarter not to counterfeit your own currency, but counterfeit some foreign currency mm-hmm. and try to get it, you know, on the foreign exchange, however that works, you know? But that was where the seed of the idea came from, was my fascination with counterfeiting. Non-stable destabilization. Right. Well, that then. Then once uh, David and Steve got on board, then they expanded it to the yeah the non-genuine destabilization and all that. (laughs) Um. So yeah, and that's the thing that Cannell had a hard time with. I said, no, it's fine when they're in that in that one war room where they have the spray paint cannon or explaining all the steps of what's going on. I had no problem with that. I thought it was great. I thought it was fascinating. What yeah. they, what Steve and, and David came up with. Oh yes. So yeah, I, that's that's one of the most, probably the most underrated arc. Absolutely. Oh, and, and Norman Lloyd is a Hollywood legend. He was a treasure. Oh yeah. I mean, come on. And damn, he was only like 104, 105. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but everybody's great right. now. When David Spielberg gets, uh, you know, basically. Um, Set up by Tracy Lords, and I mean, it's just yeah. so much great, juicy stuff in that. Oh, there, it really is. I, I tell you, I when we talk about this stuff, I just feel so grateful that I was able to do it. Look, you know, 
I would have loved to have not gotten hurt and been able to continue my career and all that. But things happen in life. What are you going to do? But the fact that I was able to do that at all, and here we are over 30 years later, 30 throughout yeah. third of a century later, and we're still talking about it. You know, I'm, I'm going to do the Lou Gehrig thing here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> On the face of the earth. Uh, and I really okay. do feel that way. So subscribe today at TrexpressPlus.com and don't miss a single episode of Deck 78. Fire the rockets. Get ready. This summer, the Inglorious Live Tour continues. I am ready. Trex Are you so ready? ready. <laughs> Are you I sure you're ready? ready? Well, we're coming to a city near you. Don't miss Ashley Edward Miller, Darren Docterman, and myself, Mark A. Altman, as we descend on San Diego Comic-Con, July 20th to 23rd. Oh GalaxyCon, Raleigh, 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 North Carolina, Raleigh. in uh, July 27th through July 30th. Then we're going to be getting lucky in Las Vegas oh for my. the Creation 57-year mission convention on August 3rd to the 6th. And then finally, we're back in Austin, Texas, Labor Day weekend for yet another great GalaxyCon. So for more details, go to ComicCon.org, GalaxyCon.com, and CreationEnt.com. And we'll see you out there on the final frontier or in Raleigh. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman of Inglorious Trexperts in the 430 movie. And I want you to join Ron Howard, Cameron Crowe, Scott Mance, Roger Corman, William Shatner, Paul Schrader, Nicholas Meyer, Henry Winkler, Amy Heckerling, Dee Wallace, Leonard Moulton, and over 100-plus stars, directors, writers, critics, and studio executives on our epic four-week look at the greatest geek year ever, 1982, including deep dives into E.T., Poltergeist, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, Conan the Barbarian, My Favorite Year, Diner, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, The Beastmaster, Blade Runner, and of course, Megaforce. Greatest Geek Year Ever premieres Saturday, July 8th on The CW or watch a special encore presentation on Tuesday, July 11th or anytime on The CW app. Remember, the good guys always win, even in the 80s. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Docterman. And this is Ashley Miller. And we and are we, the... I, I believe <laughs> I say that. I know, but How you weren't here last week. This? You weren't here last week. Oh, and so, so I got confused used to because I was taking over. Yeah, with all those fancy heaters, I was taking over. Now, okay. now we see... It's a coup. Uh, it's a coup. It's a coup. And, and we coup. are the inglorious... Trexperts. See that? And yeah. today... <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. We're delighted. Well, we're glad to have you back, Darren. Well, it's good, good to be back. We're, and speaking of back, back on the show, we're delighted to have my pick to replace me when I retire. The great Kay Rindell, you know her as a consulting producer for Shining Vale. She's been a writer producer and so shows the Swamp Thing, Twisted, Legend of the Seeker, Dead of Summer, and of course, with Ashley, she was uh, a writer producer on 2003's the Twilight Zone. And the as Twilight always, Zone. it's such a delight to have Kay here with us. Welcome back. Why, thank you very much. It's it's lovely to be here. Good, from, good, good. From well, the offices of Legends of the Twisted Swamp Thing. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, we as well mash it all together, see if we can make a show out of it, yeah, right? I think that'd be cool. Probably could. But you'd have to go yeah. to North Carolina. I, I will, I just make one correction. I'm fairly certain that uh, when Ash and I were on the Twilight Zone, it was only about 10 years ago. So I don't know where mm -hmm. this 2003 thing came from. Ah, pretty sure. Yes. Yeah, it was only, we've only known each other a, a decade. You know, yeah. there's certain people in the yeah. guild who'd be like, you can't, you can't talk about this stuff because it's going to sell uh, uh, um, v uh, DVDs by, you're going to be promoting it by being on the show. So you're in violation of uh, guild rules. And I'm yeah, like, but that's insane. You know what? They can I'll, I'll pay the fine <laughs> of the 12 extra cents they'll make in residuals. They don't even have to send me my check. How about that's that? A, that's that's right. a secret report from within the guild. <laughs> I, we'll I be had in to, double secret probation oh yes I, I had this conversation with somebody the other day i said you don't i said that is not what they're saying i think they're saying you if the studio reaches out to you to um promote something new you can't do that as part of the strike or you're right. not supposed to do it. you could talk about sh stuff you worked on but somebody started with me about i don't know how you're going to do comic-con i said i'm going to take the train down I'm going to get off. I'm going to use my badge. I'm, and I'm going to go to my panel. That's how I'm going to do Comic-Con. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, I don't know if you're supposed to do that. Writers only think about? we're the smartest people in the room. Uh, seriously. We're, because we're talking about uh -huh. what writers do and why we're valuable. We're, we're, we're helping the strike. We're not hurting. I mean, it's like ridiculous. And and everyone thinks they 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 know everybody's like, oh, man, I, it's, 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 I swear it's like what, the Stasi or something. It's like, uh, oh, that person talked about a show they worked on in 1996. Scab, scab. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on. You it's know, ridiculous. it'll never heal if you don't stop picking. <laughs> so, no, if you anyway. don't stop picketing. <laughs> if you don't stop picketing, yeah. Exactly. But uh, we got to, as, as people know, we have a lot of serious existential issues that we're trying to uh, hopefully see resolved so that we can go back to work, which is what we all want to. Oh, I do. thought you meant for the podcast. Yeah, that that too. Oh, that too. <laughs> that too. I mean, you'll see why I think Kay would be great for this, but she'd be crazy to take this job. It's too too, too time consuming, too much responsibility. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I I am way too lazy to do something like that. Way too lazy. Well, we'll all do this anyway. That's uh... but <laughs> but I think it's time for me to go because apparently, say I, on Twitter, someone said they said the show. Is ninety percent great, but I a ten percent awful because of Mark's obnoxious politics. Now I wasn't sure if he was saying I'm obnoxious and my politics are terrible, yes. or if it was obnoxious politics. Because I admit I am obnoxious, so that's fine. <laughs> he can call me obnoxious I'm, because I'm I am. Trying, part of your I'm charm. trying to remember what I meant when I tweeted that. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's 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 amazing because I think they found episodes of the podcast in uh, at Mar-a-Lago, uh, special episodes we haven't released yet. <laughs> right. um, but uh, are they uh, declassified in your mind or? Yeah, I, I just have to do it in my mind. I'm like the Telosians. Anything in my mind, yeah. I can make happen. I'm declassifying yeah. it as I as we speak. Uh huh. Idiot. Yeah. I love when they say that. <laughs> And then they find obnoxious because I say, you know what? If you don't like it, don't listen to the show. And they're like, you don't mean that. I'm like, I do mean it. Well, it's not like we make any money on this show. I don't care. I don't, we're about <laughs> to hit 2 million downloads since we started the show. You think I give a shit if you don't listen? Not at all.
<laughs> my mom just keeps hitting that button and hitting that button and hitting that button. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, I, I guess I am obnoxious. That much I'll give you. I'll grant you that. <laughs> I grant you that. I'll give you. I'll give you that. The politics, on the other hand, you know, to quote the great Brian Cox, I'm not. I don't even have to say it. So, speaking of Brian Cox and tell the state of television today, we want to talk a little bit about what's going on. In, in in TV and sci-fi, they, they say it's the best of times, it's the worst of times. But before we, we get to that, because I know Kay just watched The Mandalorian, we want to find out what she thought about that. I picked up, so this weekend, we played volleyball, which is something we, uh, we, we did. It evolved from basketball into volleyball. We've been playing the last 25 years on and off. Um, but so afterwards, we went to, to lunch and... Near the wonderful restaurant, and I will name the restaurant in case they want to comp us in the future. The um, the fresh, uh, the true food kitchen it was delicious. Thank you, true food kitchen. Please keep us in mind for future <laughs> outings. Uh, we came across a kiosk for JM film resins. JM film resins, these are guys who take film negatives and turn them into uh, these great displays, right. So, of course, I got Lawrence Arabia and Casablanca and our good friend Dan Weber got like The Shining and Jeff Goldsmith got Apocalypse Now, all this great stuff. But it wouldn't be complete if I didn't also buy Star Trek V. That, you, you showed me a picture of that earlier. Yeah. And uh, it's fascinating. It's the, it's the logo from the trailer. So but it's 70 a, millimeter. Yeah, it's on 70 millimeter. And I've never seen a 70 millimeter trailer before. You have now. It's amazing. It's great. It's so great. I want to get Bill to sign it. And I'm not into autographs, but I want to get Bill to sign this. It's, it's much it's so like cool. in the uh, olden days of uh, Lincoln Enterprises offering uh, yeah. clips. Yes. Clips yeah. stolen yeah. From, the you from your money. Of Star Trek uh, to sell to uh, uh, wonderful fans who had never seen a uh, very red bleached print before. Um, it's, uh, it's very exciting. But, it reminds me of great, good old days. But you know what they did? Lincoln Enterprise would just get scissors and cut up yeah. the niggas and put them in an envelope, right? Yes. And you'd open it and they'd flutter out, right? They'd yes. flutter because they were just little pieces of film. This is in this beautiful laminated stand. Uh -huh. Like, this is really, this is hot stuff. This is hot stuff. That's right. And, 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 and so I, I, you know, I asked if they had Star Trek three because I figured I'd buy one for, for you guys because I know how much you love Star Trek three, but, right. but they didn't have it. Yeah. Oh. There was just a run. No on doubt they sold out. He said, all we have is Star Trek V, so you probably don't want that. I said, what are you talking about? How dare you be so presumptuous? <laughs> of course I sure. want it. It's Star Trek V. That's, I, that's a, I need my clips. Yeah, I need, I need my clips. Exactly. Exactly. So it was a lovely time. We had great lunch, great volleyball. I have to say, I still got it. Had a couple of good dives and you spikes. Still, you still got it, Mark? I still got it, baby. Mark? I still got it. I, unless my memory is really faulty. Faulty, faulty. I, I don't think you ever had it, but it's. Are it's you not, kidding? It, it doesn't mean that. You, I'm, I'm the it best doesn't of mean that you didn't players. put in all your effort. That's that's. No, true. no, no. Let me effort tell you counts. something. I'll send you video. I was no. I don't I want was, to see video. Were you no. a golden god? <laughs> no video. I was a golden god. Speaking uh -huh. of which, what is this whole thing? People, people are still giving Mary Louise Parker shit over Billy Crudup leaving her when she was pregnant. Like they asked her on a press junket. Like, what do you think about Billy Crudup getting married to Naomi Watts? Like, that's so... Wasn't that years ago? Even I wouldn't do something that obnoxious. <laughs> what is I, with that? 
I, I don't even follow that stuff, so I, I wouldn't even know how to respond. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I don't think she knew how to respond. It's like, this is something like terribly awful and traumatic that happened 20 years ago, whatever. I mean, what I do remember, they remember. His last name is Crudup. <laughs> yeah. You think so changed that? Anyway, so that was, <laughs> that was, that was, that was, that was crazy. But um, we're, we're going to talk about the state of sci-fi. This is the state of the sci-fi report. It's kind of like the McLaughlin group, but uh, other than the fact <laughs> that we're, certain of us are definitely not on the McLaughlin side, as you may have uh, you know, gleaned. Um, but we're going to talk about uh, the state of sci-fi uh, today. And um, Kay, I want to start with you because you just finished. Uh, you finally heard that there's this new show on Disney Plus called The Mandalorian. is a complicated profession. Don't you agree? And, and, uh, and check yes, it out. Yes, yes. What, what, what were your thoughts? Yes. Well, uh, look, I am on the cutting edge of everything. So although I've been paying for Disney Plus for, I don't know, a year or something, um, I hadn't really watched anything on it. And partly just because there's so much, there's all the Marvel stuff and then there's all the Star Wars stuff. And just on the face of it, it did not sound particularly interesting to me. Mm. Uh, I have not seen the animated shows. Yet, but I will watch them. Um, so I know The Mandalorian um, does relate to those shows. I did watch Andor, which is uh, incredible. Absolutely great show. Um, so I thought, you know what? I'm going to dive into The Mandalorian. I'm going to see what's under that mask. And only like three times, it's Pedro Pascal. Uh, <laughs> the, the best job in Hollywood that guy has. He comes in <laughs> may, maybe once a month. And 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 yeah. it takes off his helmet, voice and, he's, and then he, he puts it back on. Looks he walks sad. away. Yeah, looks yeah. Sad, looks puts melancholy. It back on. Yeah, yeah. He's he's and so great. Now look interested. No, look, interesting. The no, look says, angry. He says four lines, yeah. one of which is "Stay over there, kid," and then he's done. <laughs> <laughs> they have a computer where they just you can press one of four things. Yeah. Stay over there, kid, and then he has like three other like expressions. A, a Mandalorian really soundboard. <laughs> this yeah. is why the actors are going to go on strike right here. Uh-huh. Um, so one of the reasons I did not watch Mandalorian is because initially is because 
it sounded too much like Lone Wolf and Cub. And I hate Lone Wolf and Cub. What is wrong with you? I find it you? so incredibly boring. She can't replace so, you, Mark. So boring. <laughs> See, when I heard, so I heard, I, I heard it was like Lone Wolf McQuaid. So I got really excited, but then realized I misheard that they said it was Lone Wolf and Cub. And now I heard it was like McQuaid. Teen Wolf. And this is just getting out of, out of control. Wolf, wolf wait, a, wait a minute. Teen Wolf and Cub, now, is, there's now, something now, there. There's something there. It's like three men and a baby, but with cub. werewolves. Let's, let's yes. pitch this. Done. Let's okay, go. We'll let's get off this podcast. Bit, Come on, Kate. We can't talk about that, though, because that would be. Oh yeah, we I know we can. And I will do it in animation. Yeah. Fuck them. Oh cool. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so, uh, but then when I started watching it, I realized it was a little bit more like uh, hard boiled than um, John Woo's hard boiled. No, the egg. What? I said John Woo's yeah. hard boiled. Yeah, that's one of the baby, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in yeah, the yeah. hospital. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. scene. So, um, which is also I, I, a which is also a version of Lone Wolf and Cub, by the way. Yes, it is, but it's a <laughs> version that doesn't make me want to shoot myself in the head. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, she should take my job now. That's all I'm saying. Keep going. Uh, so one of the things that, first of all, uh, I don't really, I've never cared about Boba Fett one way or the other. I thought he was cool looking, but kind of an idiot. That's just me. Um, so I thought, well, now it's just another Boba Fett that I have to watch in, in Lone Wolf and Cub. Why are they doing this to me? But it's actually got a lot more charm than I thought it would have. Um, Lil Grogu is so ridiculously adorable and not in a treacly way. So I really appreciate that. And I think that they develop a really nice relationship so that I hope I'm not spoiling anything as the only person who hadn't seen this show on planet. Uh, when he finally leaves at the end of season two, you're kind of like, well, I know he has to go, but damn, this is really heartbreaking. And you know that the Mandalorian really loves Grogu. He really, really does. And he never says it. He doesn't really act like he does, but it's just the way that they relate to each other is so just mm. charming. And then aside from that, the world building, which is the same way with Andor, I love the world building. I think they do a really, really nice job just showing me sort of the far-flung reaches of the galaxy. So I really, I appreciate all of that. So this is I've, what I've been, I, I've, we get in the trouble, Kay, because you you, you get up to a nice point where you say it's heartbreaking when he abandons the child, and, you know, and, and you see the, the deep abiding love he has. But the problem is that's where you stopped. And right. obviously, you haven't seen season three yet. Right. And, 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 no, it turns into uh, what's three. love I've got to do with seen... it. Without giving anything I mean, away, I, I did... it's kind of like, remember that Star Trek II, Spock dies, right? You saw that, right? And yes. uh, Spock dies, and it's heartbreaking. At the end of the movie, you're like, oh it my is. God, you yeah. accepted yep. this terrible mm -hmm. loss. Full and, of meaning. Well, how will we move, go, continue without Spock? Because, well, Star Trek III, he, he's back, right? So they make well, some half assed yeah, movie yeah. where they go and get. Not oh, to give anything away. Uh, so I have seen the first, the first episode of season three of Mandalorian, and it's like, yay, we're back. Oh, how come the kid's with you? Ah, he's just with me again. Well, okay. Well, that's so let me, let me pause you right there. So this is why, okay. look, I, I would almost say you don't need to watch all of um, Boba Fett, which would be like shaving your ass with a cheese grater. Um, instead, I think it's episode 
six, six or six seven, and, six and seven. That, that is just the Mandalorian. Watch yeah. those episodes because they In are okay. of Boba Fett okay. because they are terrific episodes of the Mandalorian. Um, and and they tell how Grogu comes back. Exactly. So they're worth your valuable time. Yeah, that's, okay, that fills in all the gaps. Yeah, yeah. Or you know. Okay. And they're very, very satisfying, uh, like on their own. These guys know. Yeah, I mean, 3. My chiropractor is a big fan. <laughs> he called it the book. The, the book of Bobby Feet. I don't know where he got that from. He goes, I really like that Bobby Feet. Bobby Feet. I'm like, he's the one person in the galaxy who doesn't know it's Boba Fett. And he's like, yeah, that Bobby Feet was great. You know what, Mark? And though, I just sat I don't there think, and like. I, I don't think sure. you of all people should be throwing shade at other people for mispronouncing names. I, I that is probably true. I don't think that, that you're that's the guy. probably true. <laughs> I'm still working on this Raleigh rally thing. Yeah. 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 But uh, I'll get there. I'll get there, Pop. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So that's really interesting. See, that's what's so weird about it, Kay, that they resolved sort of this key plot turn in another show, um, because because they you came you and you everything. had no idea, and you were completely. Uh, I confused. had no idea. That's ah. that's that's my biggest beef with all of this stuff. Now, yeah, you have to watch it all. That you have to watch it all and you have to read all the comics and read all the books. And it, it's insane mm. what they expect you to do in order to enjoy something. Yeah. It's kind of like and, in the $6 million <laughs> man where Bigfoot came back and he was on $6 million man one week, but then he was on the, this part two was on the bionic woman. And so yeah. if you didn't know on a different network, if you didn't know, you were screwed. It's like the same thing that happened with Buffy and Angel, where Buffy, you know, Angel comes to Los Angeles, comes to Sunny, and then mm -hmm. the next week they're on Angel in Los Angeles. And if you don't know, you're completely you confused. Know. You they are can't cross the streams. Yeah, you are, except there are only 20 shows on. <laughs> and it's a lot yeah. easier to keep track of. Yeah, it's a lot. And also, it's like, you know, the, the whole, the show, okay, you watch a season of a show, it's a very heavy, hev heavily serialized show. And so you watch it, you pay attention to everything, and then four years later, you get to see the next season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a real problem with them killing off Logan Roy on Euphoria. It really should have happened on Succession. <laughs> I have not seen either show, so. Oh, okay. You haven't seen Succession? <laughs> really? I watched I'm surprised. One, You're a very watch. erudite, smart person. I it would think that I you enjoy like, it. I just had to, I had to bail oh, out of it. I loved I, it. I loved yeah. it from day one. Everyone I haven't it, watched I season three or four yet, but I, it's on my list. That was, but you know what, Kay, I'm with you because I watched the pilot of that show and um, I hated absolutely everybody on that show. That's exactly. And it wasn't even good like I train wreck. I started it last week. Yeah. And that's exactly my reaction. And I know it, it you get, you get in I don't understand. It. I hated weirdly, everybody and that's why I loved but, it. But, 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 Mark, to your point, like, there was something about it because I, I kind of kept it going. And it wasn't even, it wasn't hate watch. It wasn't hating them watch. I don't know. I can't even put my finger on why it stayed on my television and I binged the first two seasons. Mm. I just did. And I found it fascinating. Like, I think I kind of got amazing. into the performances and the plot turns and all that other stuff. Yeah. They're all assholes. Yeah, but I don't watch TV necessarily to watch nice people. I watch Rebecca's Sunnybrook Farm. You know, it's like I don't need to watch that stuff. She has a show. I she guess I, I'm sure she does. <laughs> but uh, but uh, she's pissed yeah. off about AI taking her gerb. But I kind of had that experience. I wonder if you guys did. Like when I watched Game of Thrones, the first episode. Yeah, I 
I it didn't it didn't bring it I didn't get excited about it. I never I didn't watch it. It wasn't until years later when everyone was talking about it and it was in the in the zeitgeist that I went back and, and started rewatching it and loved it like everyone. But for whatever you got, reason you got FOMO. Fear of missing yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But 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 I really liked it the next time that I watched it, but I didn't when I first watched it. It was into mm. a 30 rock. Do you have uh, shows I, that you watched and you didn't like, but then you came back later on and loved? Well, yes. Game of New, Thrones was one of them. Yeah. Like New, I, New Galactica. Yeah, that mm. too. That too. But, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you were all there together. Yeah. We were all together. We were at yeah. Mindfire yeah. in the basement watching that yeah. projection and we hated it. We, yeah. You, me, Melching, yeah. the, the mini, we watched the whole mini series. Yeah. We, we did. Hated, hated it. it. Yep. Hated it. Yeah. Hated it. Yeah. So it was but, great. But looking back on it, it's exactly the same as the show. And I have no idea why we reacted that way. I want to watch it again, actually, to see, because I really hated that miniseries. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I don't know what it was exactly. I really, I cannot put my finger on it. You know, And we I, all I, had the same response when we watched 33. We loved it. Yeah. Like from the get yes. go, we loved yes. 33. Yes. But we hated the miniseries. The difference is yeah. the miniseries was, was uh, Battlestar Galactica karaoke. And uh, then 33 was its own show. Like it was, it was the Maybe. first time that it emerged as like, yeah. here is its own identity. Um, yeah. You know, when you're, when you're watching Actually, it as a, like, go ahead. Sorry. That's a great point because that's exactly what happened on the American, The Office. The first yeah. episode of The yeah. Office was a, the same it is, script it is the as the show. England one. Yeah. But hated it. when it got hated into doing it. its own thing, I really liked it. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Yeah. So there. That's a good point. <laughs> That's how you felt about the AMC Prisoner. When they, when, they, when they did the remake of The Prisoner, you're like, oh, now I got so much better than the original Prisoner. No, never thought that. Wow. No. Nobody thought no, that. Exactly. In the history of mankind, nobody thought the AMC prisoner was better I, than until, until you mentioned it, I'd forgotten it existed. I totally forgotten Thanks it very existed much. Because, well. uh, yeah, it's now a bad Yeah, yeah screw you so for making me remember. Yeah. Remember. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not remember. super happy about it either. Yeah. You, we did a couple of uh, episodes of Deck 78, our subscriber-only podcast. Okay? We went back and looked at uh, Galactica and Buck Rogers and Six Million Dollar Man. They they hold up in so many ways. <laughs> sort of. Dollar Man, I think, really does. I the the movies for me are terrible because they're just yes. trying to do Bond. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But the show is is great. I mean, obviously, you know, they, there's way too many evil robots who look like people on the show. But, Oscar Goldman. Uh, Oscar Goldman, and then there's the the and then there's the in Bionic Woman, the the woman, the, the crazy bot. woman who no, the fembot yeah. who gets who becomes uh, Jamie. Right. So that she they can walk yeah. to Oscar's office and tell him, like, Oscar's the easiest person in the world to kill. I don't know why you're going through all of this. Yeah, Oscar's. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, those shows are great. Yeah, yeah. But, it's you know, it's funny because they're on Peacock now. And it, I, I find it really interesting to go back and watch some of these old things. Because I was watching this really great Hardy Boy Nancy Drew crossover where they went to Universal Studios circa 1977, 78. What a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was so awesome to see the, yeah. the backlot and the studio tour in that era. And mm -hmm. it's great to be at a mystery writers convention and they go on the tram as part of the mystery writers convention. I'm like, this is the best, best thing ever. Yeah. All, all those shows I got, all the shows that I watch basically that aren't 
if I'm watching something old, it's usually like emergency or something that shot at Universal. Mm-hmm. So that I'm always like, oh, they're going down more park. So I'm doing exactly what my dad did when we would watch Chips. Uh, and he would be like, that's the Chips West. And that that <laughs> like, really that really annoyed you, didn't it? It did. And now it, I'm... And now you have become what you beheld. Comfortable uh, <laughs> and now that yeah. the pandemic has abated, I know you and your friends did a, a weekly Star Trek watch where you would watch, curate different yes. episodes from the series. Do you still, still do, do that? You still do. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that it? So what have you yeah. been watching recently and what kind of have you gleaned from watching these shows? Uh, so here's something that I never thought I would say ever. Oh, Please shit. be kind. I am actually enjoying certain episodes of Voyager. Mm. Okay. I know. Mm. I, I am. Uh I didn't really watch it. I watched a little bit of it. I never watched all of it. Um, but we have a couple of people who are really um, big Voyager fans, so they choose Voyager episodes, and I've actually kind of enjoyed some of them mm. a lot more than I than I thought. And then the other thing is that I'm not enjoying the Deep Space Nine as much. Really? Do you think that's yeah. because of the low 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 res, the low def? I mean, that's certainly part of it. It it looks awful looks like VHS. but there's something about yeah. it that i don't know it's it just feels a little flat to me and and i'm not really i'm not really sure why it's almost like it doesn't hold up as well hmm. um can somebody get ashley back ashley please come back to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> everyone's I'm entitled to their opinion i'm still here no I, you know yeah it's just can, um, i can't disagree with you Oh. Well, I can. I can disagree with you a and lot. Well, I, I won't get to agree with you about Voyager. I, I, think I mean, we have we have some Deep Space Nine fans in like hardcore Deep Space Nine fans in our little group. So everybody gets to pick, you know, whatever they want to pick. But um, yeah, obviously, I think The Visitor is a top ten episode of all time. So mm-hmm. that, but yeah, the show on the whole, it just isn't just not doing it for me. That's really interesting. Well, I have to say. I don't know, a couple of years ago, it may have been during the pandemic. I, I, you know, I sort of did my Star Trek deep dive into um, watching a bunch of the shows. Like there were a bunch of enterprises I'd never seen. And, you know, I, I don't know if my estimation of the show went up, but I certainly found more episodes that I really liked that I thought were really good. Yeah. And I did the same thing with Voyager, yeah. which I, I, I honestly, like you, I was never a big fan of. Um, but I, um, I ended up, uh, finding a couple of episodes which I thought were really special. Like, I still don't think... Yeah. I think the episode, Pound for Pound, is not nearly as good as what preceded it. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Living Witness and and um, uh, um, obviously The Bride of Chaotica. And it was like... So I, I watched yeah. a bunch of episodes and I was like, oh, okay, this is really good. But it suffers from that 26-episode uh, season where, like, There's you know, you have to suffer through a lot of bad... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think the thing with Voyagers, they had. Um, I, I think there were a number of episodes that were that were quite good. Um, but I, I think that its uh, its batting average was not terrific, and and a lot of that had to do with. Look, we all know, like you know, we've all worked in series television, and you know when you when you don't have a great story, 
right? When you don't have that teed up, you have to lean on great characters and really interesting actors. And the truth of the matter is, those characters were merely okay. Um, and their actors, for the most part, like, look, there were some really good ones, but like, but for the most part, like, it was serviceable. Right. So there, yeah. it was, it was rare that you could just lean on cast. And, I would say you know, that's a great point. And I would say it's the weakest cast, but I think Enterprise might be weaker. Oh, no, no. Uh, well, I, by the way, uh, Voyager to compare to Enterprise is Deep Space Nine for me. Um, because <laughs> I can, I can point to episodes of Voyager that I think are terrific. I could name them. Um, but with Enterprise, like I remember watching it like the, the fourth, season that was supposed to be like, here's the resurgence of it, and it's so good. Is it? No, it, it's like, it's that thing about like a dog standing up on his hind legs, right? It's like, it's it's not how long he can stand there. Is that the little SOB can get up on those hind legs at all? You know what I mean? It's <laughs> it's that, okay, so it got up on his hind legs. Um, I was never an Enterprise fan. No disrespect to anybody who, who worked on it. I just feel like it was... Um, it was, it was, it had all of Voyager's weaknesses and none of its strengths, frankly. Yeah. It, it always felt to me like it was, there was, there was a good idea in there that they never really followed through on. They going, okay, this is really, this is the first time we're sending somebody out there. That's great. That's a great idea. But then they fall back on all the Star Trek stuff because they don't want it to be hard. So they might have yeah, just a shower that's exactly right. at the end of the day. You know. It's like, um, look, with uh, with Deep Space Nine or Voyager, it's that stupid saying writers have about the promise of the premise, right? Deep Space Nine and Voyager deliver, when their episodes are great, they're delivering on the promise of their premise. And Enterprise yeah. never does. Enterprise is just a yeah. Star Trek show. Mm-hmm. Um, which it just doesn't feel like, like they, they shit canned like the whole, Hey, we're like, this is the first time we're doing any of this and we don't have this tech. We don't have that tech. And it's like, it's really just sort of out there. It's like, no, at times it feels like they're, they're more advanced than things were during the original series. It doesn't feel like. I mean, I remember them in, in the pilot, somebody, I can't remember who it was, uh, might've been Trip had a camera and I thought, well, that's cool. He's got an actual camera. Right. That's what I want to see. I want to see people with that technology going out there, but that's not what wound up happening. But they had decontaminant. They had, you know, this gel that you could decontaminate yourself with. Well, that's they had a dog. They didn't have a dog. Camera for now. What they should have done? They just should have had episodes that were just Porthos episodes. Now, if they had done like episodes that were just Porthos point of view, from the POV of the dog, exactly. I would have watched the shit out of that show. Dog uh, if Porthos was really the one who was who was fixing shit and and actually meeting aliens, no, it's, it's, like, okay, it's, it's like it's like it's like St. elsewhere. It's all yeah. from, the entire Star Trek universe <laughs> yeah, is in Porthos's mind. <laughs> yeah, I just like the little kid in yeah. St. elsewhere. I, that was why he's holding a frisbee. He drops it. You realize that it's the Enterprise. It's yeah. That might explain why some of the more recent shows are the dog's breakfast. Ta-da-ta-t. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, no. I, think, I think you guys better <laughs> stop being so creative or you're going to be in violation of your strike orders. Are we? Uh, no, are I, we don't think, I don't think yeah, we no, are. Because no. we haven't worked on any of these shows, nor are we likely to do it this rate. <laughs> Not at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, no. Um, 
But, you know, it's interesting because we we do here, you know, want to celebrate the love. And I think that, you know, sometimes it can be tough love. And I think that's the case with Voyager and Enterprise. I do feel like why those shows might have suffered is because they were producing out of fear. You know, it's like right. Next Generation had these great ratings and they could try stuff and sometimes it worked and sometimes it failed, even in first season, second season, right? But by Voyager, you know, in Deep Space Nine, you know, Ira Baird just didn't care. You know, he'd do whatever he wanted. So there was no fear there, whereas it was fearless. Voyager was like, how do we get the ratings of Next Gen? How do we avoid the quote-unquote perceived failure of Deep Space Nine? And Enterprise even more so because now it was for a network. It was, you know, UPN. And so, like Voyager, and so they were getting network notes, and they were getting, you know, like put, can you put a boy band in, and can you do all this stuff where they were out of fear? It's like, how do we stop this Raiden's implosion? And there was factions working against each other. One one faction wanted to stay away from anything that they'd done on the show before, and yeah. the other faction was, oh, but we gotta we gotta make it, you know, familiar and and accessible to the audience again. We're we're losing the audience, so we got to bring them back in with something that feels uh, feels like home, and uh, these those things can't exist together very well. No, it's so funny. And, and I, I think, you know, having been having been on uh, like well, we were on Twilight Zone, and so what you have oh of before we were it was ten years ago. Uh, yeah, ten years. Ago. Ten years um, ago. So what we had was the history of the franchise, and there there is a risk there is you know you know you you want to deliver your version of this great episode but you also don't want to yeah you want to try to do something different but it can't be too different you know it yeah. still has to sort of fit into that box so it is very similar and, and i do not begrudge anyone who wound up on enterprise and had to see all of star trek in their rearview mirror and go oh my god yeah that's I mean, a lot of rearview mirror <laughs> Um, yeah. You know, and the other thing is, it's like what you were saying, Darren and and Kay, about like the people having different ideas of what the show should be. That's death, right? Like that definitely, like you said, Kay was was Twilight Zone. Like everybody had a different idea of what the Twilight Zone was, mm. and you know the, the I mean the Kay, I think you and I and and you know Aaron and Moira and Zach would sort of sit back and go, well, it's actually all of those things, <laughs> but yeah, but, but nobody could could quite wrap their heads around it, I think. um, and it does put the it does put the the staff behind the eight ball a bit. Yeah. and I think one of the again, you know the one of the great virtues of uh, of of ds nine, and frankly, as you said, Mark, Next Generation was they didn't have that. They just said, screw it. It's everything we want it to be. Whenever we want it to be that. Like, we understand, like, what our premise is. We understand, like, what this what makes this show work. What is the engine? But within that, like, let's just tell great stories. And, you know, that was not the master, I think, that uh, the Enterprise and Voyager were serving all the time. No, and you also, you did have uh, Roddenberry there, too, so... You know, you've got that as well, and then you don't have that later for for killer hot tub parties. You don't, yeah, you don't have that. So, 
it, there's something about next gen. I know the first season is absolutely horrible and every nobody knows what they're doing. The whole cast is just like, I don't have any idea what I'm supposed to be doing here. I know Patrick Stewart recently said that he saw some of the first season and he was absolutely mortified by his performance. He could not believe he was that terrible. But even given that, there is a security there that they all have to kind of wing it and figure stuff out. And there's there's a, a life there that that show has, even when it's not good, there's still a life to it. There's still all these people coming together to do this, as opposed to, oh no, well, we can't do that, we can't do that, I'm afraid to do that, mm-hmm. which is what mm-hmm. I started to see later in, in the other shows. Yeah, I thought that interview with Stewart and Frakes and Gates that I think it ran a variety today it was really interesting. It was- um, it was so good. And, you know, it's nothing they haven't really said before, but still, you know, he says, you know, going back and looking at his performance, how how wooden it was and, and lack of nuance. And it's really interesting because the one thing that was being praised at the time was Patrick. But it's funny, he gave the same quote now, 30 years later, that I remember him telling me back then. He's saying the same thing. Well, yeah. I have a history of playing kings and, you know, people yes. who are of, of authority. And, you know, and and but he didn't realize that, you you can't play him like a British monarch, you know that there's no. A and he, he eventually figures that out. That but, monarch yeah. is Queen Elizabeth, which <laughs> would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but it was um, it was a really um, it was an interesting article with them. And you know, Frakes is just avuncular and charming, like he always oh. is, joking about it. He's and, just yeah. And Gates, you know, I, I appreciate her honesty about you know how hard it was for her because you know she wasn't being served by the scripts and yeah. she you know she she basically when she was fired it was basically like being rejected right you know you're told they don't want you mm-hmm. and then they bring yeah. you back but it's not necessarily like oh you feel good like they couldn't do the show without me it's more like uh, well, you know you, you, you know, <laughs> might as well might as well come yeah. back yeah so, so that, that's a tough role to be in and 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 she said you know and she's always said this and again i remember her saying this there you know this is what we say they repeat the same stories over and over when i was interviewing her for all good things she said you know i i'm not a fan of the way they wrote me it was very matronly she said uh, you know yeah. for years i was just going through the motions and when i got to direct genesis the, the episode where they all turn into dinosaurs Jesus. it was like finally like something i could you know bite into like a velociraptor to, you know and i think <laughs> it's interesting because you you see them all, you know, talking about Terry in that interview and how he finally gave them something to act and something exciting to do. They love him. We fight or we die. Admiral on the bridge and captain on the bridge. You will probably find this inspection boring for the likes of you two. Boring? Well, we won't be blowing things up. Taking or engaging in fire, crash landing expectedly or unexpectedly. Those were the days. There is something coming. Battle stations. Some kind of attack. And Starfleet could be the target. There's a darkness. All-consuming darkness. And it is getting stronger. John Luke, trust no one. 
vengeance. You and I have traveled to the far reaches of space. But something's different now. This is the end, my friend. Once irrational, violent. Is anybody you know still the person you knew? This is life or death. It's always life or death. John Luke, where has it not been? With each ticking moment, I will take another piece of you. Battle stations! It's human nature, pal. We fight, or we die. Hold it! Got it! I need you. All of you. We're with you. Always. Engage! Are you enjoying this? Of course not. Are you? I mean, they just all nailed it. They, it, it was every single. I am, I am on the record as not being a fan of Worf at all. Mm. And he was fantastic in season three of yeah. Picard. I mean, that's the Worf I've always wanted to see. And just watching all these actors finally get to play these characters they've known for so long with nuance and subtlety and and point of view i mean they were all like thank god yes finally i just i was so impressed with everybody in that show it's funny because that's why i've had people come up to me and say i i don't understand why you're you're such a cheerleader for the show and you know they'll nitpick something here or there and i'll say because i don't care about any of that i care about character right and this was the deepest dive into character since family, all good things, yeah. maybe even more so. It, it was, it, and and that's all I care about. I don't care about all the the nonsense. You know, the things that were done great, and some things that yeah. maybe were done less great. But these characters had never been better served, and that I was mean, what was the, so the exciting. Fight when when Picard and Beverly are having that argument. <sighs> In an episode and three, they're, they're yep. far away from each other, which is beautifully staged. Mm -hmm. And they just the director just stays out of the way and lets them do their thing. It was Jonathan I mean, Brakes who directed it, them in that. Yeah. And who who just was like, I'm gonna let you guys do what you do. And mm -hmm. it was that was one of the many moments that completely blew me away in the show was just the staging of that and the two of them in this room just having it out and it was beautifully written and i i just i was just like <laughs> can we keep going <laughs> do more please this is so just it was so so fantastic and it's funny because some people say oh you just you're you're responding to the nostalgia of it all and it, it's funny because doing something like picard season three where you go back to these beloved characters you know 30 years or if you include the movies less than that all these years later and 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 nail it it's so hard because look at Arrested Development when they went back. It's awful. 
I, I didn't see the new party down, but I hear they, you know, it's not great. Anytime these shows, you know, go back to these beloved characters, it's very rarely successful. Like and after fact, Mash. Like, like after, after Mash, Mash. exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> it, it's very rare that they could do this. And it's funny because, you know, obviously Patrick's instincts were completely wrong when he said, Oh, God, oh I wanted. So wrong. Yeah. I mean, and even now he's like, Oh, the show is great. But he only realized it after the fact and it got yeah. all the great responses. You know, from day one, he's like, you know, I don't want this to just be a reunion. I want this to deal with trauma and, uh, you know, the, the, the difficulties, uh, you know. And it just, like, doesn't understand Star Trek, doesn't understand. I think he confused that with giving trauma. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, but I'm glad that he's come around and that he he realizes how much love there was for this. Because it wasn't just the, you know, reunion. And of course, reunion. Well, he high school was really reunion. struggling the first two seasons of Picard. Uh, I think particularly the first season, he was really struggling with the character. The way that he struggled with Picard initially, he mm. just was flailing around. He didn't have an anchor for that character. He didn't have a point of view for him. And then season three, everybody comes in and he is, he just snaps right into place. And well, it's because he, he is had, playing all that. He had no one to guide him who knew what the show was. Uh, you yeah. know, for all these people that they brought in to do Picard in the first season and second season, uh, yeah. no one knew what they were doing. And and very yeah. few of them actually knew how to run a TV show. So he didn't uh, have a guide for putting him back had together. No guide for putting him back together. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's pretty, um, you know, and it just it, 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 it just goes to show you somebody who loves this stuff. So I want to ask you guys, like, what are the other big Science fiction. I mean, there's a lot on the air right now. Silo just premiered. Foundation. A lot of people are talking about. For me, for, for it's been a while since it's been on the air, but for all mankind, to me, it was a special show. There's a primal urge in all of us to explore. Some say private citizens have no business in space exploration. I emphatically disagree. We have a historic opportunity. The first mission to Mars. NASA's joining Helios and the Soviets. A three-way race to Mars. We're not going to come in second place again to anyone. We're talking about discovering life on another planet. It'll change our concept of who we are, where we're going. Black holes. Dust storm has obscured both landing sites. Years, even decades of planning comes down to this moment. We're landing blind. Brace for impacts. Being first is what it's all about. This is the resource that can support large-scale human colonization. Want to tell us where the water is? The survival of my crew depends on it. When united behind a common goal, there is nothing we cannot achieve. It's only the beginning. You know, I loved that. I thought what Ron did was great. 
I, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of, of that, you know, it really grabbed me. That was another show where I, I watched the pilot and, um, I, I wasn't, I, I didn't, I didn't buy in. And then right. maybe two seasons later, I don't know if it was Rob Burnett or somebody, people were just saying, you guys got to, Mike Akuda, they were all saying, this show's so great. And I gave it another chance and I just totally got sucked in. I, I look so forward I, to when I can do that. Me too. So okay. I loved it for, I think, two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, have, I have think that's it. I, it's three. No, it's three seasons. The fourth okay. is premiering whenever it premieres. Season three, I I bailed mm. Um, mm. for a lot of, for a lot of reasons. I thought the first two seasons were spectacular. There were some warning signs for me in season two, uh, particularly with uh, with Ed's wife. Yeah, where I sure. thought I don't really know what they're doing. And I the son. And the son. Yeah, they obviously took care of that little problem. But then, uh, <laughs> um, their their daughter, I thought, got just such incredibly short shrift in season three. I hated what they did with Kelly mm. in season three. That that made me just go, I can't, I can't watch this anymore. Mm. Also, the uh, um, what's his face's son, who's a psychopath, who is just That's, like, yeah. are we in Dallas or are we doing a space thing? What are we yeah, doing? It, 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 it bore it borders on soap. It becomes very it soapy. was so and especially when the show had been, obviously it's, you know, outlandish to a certain degree, but but believable in the world that they were building. Mm. And then we get to this, I'm like, why did you bring that self-defense off with you? What yeah. are you doing? And that was a very controversial subplot. And obviously I would agree with you completely that it, not, it didn't work yeah. for me either. But overall, I just love that show. And I love the whole race to Mars in third season. So I'm a much bigger fan than you guys uh, of, of that show. Yeah. You did, yeah. You did mention... I, I, yeah. You, you did mention foundation. When I was a child at the edge of the galaxy, I heard stories about a man who could forecast the future. But the story remained dark to me until many years later, until it became my story. until it became the only story. You're familiar with my work, psychohistory? Every mathematician has read your theory. It's not a theory. It's the future of mankind expressed in numbers. And the Empire won't like the future I predict. History is littered with charlatans and false messiahs. We should kill them. We could murder the man, but what about the movement, brother? Martyrs tend to have a long half-life. His math was right. The Empire is dying. Wars will be endless. Thousand worlds reduced to cinders. Change is frightening. Especially to those in power. But we can soften the fall. So what's the plan? Many years from now, if humanity is to climb from the ashes, the coming generations will need the knowledge to build upon a foundation 
we must preserve only the most essential pieces of civilization. Deciding what is remembered, what is forgotten. We are now staring down a barrel of a crisis. This is the plan. We're not turning around now. And I was looking forward to that for a long time. And I watched every episode of it. And I found it fascinating because those books, while being heavily lauded and celebrated as, you know, pinnacle science fiction, they're boring as hell. And I think they did a pretty good job of taking the feeling of the books. The boredom? No, 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 no. (laughs) <laughs> the feeling of the world that the books present and kind of uh, showing you a little glimpse of it. I don't I don't think it's a great show. I think it's I think it's an interesting show sometimes. Uh and uh, I think they did a, a pretty good job of uh of building the world, but also I think a lot of the stories that they chose to tell were boring. And, well, uh, I haven't seen it, it and part of the reason, actually all of the reason I haven't seen it is because I did love those books. I was, I think I was 12 when I read them, sure. so I had yeah. no idea what bad writing was. Because um, he's not, he's a, had great ideas, terrible yes. writer. Yes, correct. Um, but I, yeah, I just love those books so much, and then I was just afraid to watch the show. Well, I love the books when I was a, I mean, look, I, I love the books. And no, Asimov is not what you would call a wordsmith. Okay, that's just no. not what he does. But like, he comes up with really interesting worlds, and he has really, he's a really great sense of um, how to extract story from those worlds. Okay, so, so really, he's just almost like he's writing outlines of novels. It's right. very weird. Um, but mm-hmm. with the with the show, I, I kind of had the same fear that you did, Kay, that I didn't want to sit and watch and realize that oh, this is screwed and I hate it. Um, so, but finally, I, I sat and I and I watched it. And I, so, you know, the the first two episodes, Josh Friedman was heavily involved in those. I worked for Josh on uh, Sarah Connor. Um, Josh is a is a genius. He's a good friend, um, and I can tell. I can hear. Like I've got like when I hear Josh's voice, it's like okay, I've got perfect pitch for hearing Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a lot of Josh in those uh, first two episodes. Just even in like little exchanges of dialogue, and I and I thought that the um, that the emperors uh, were were all like were all very interesting, and I thought it was like that was handled in a really interesting way. Yeah. Um, but then something happened, uh, and without spoiling it, let's just say that um, suddenly I felt as though I needed a scorecard to understand uh, which of those characters was speaking. And yeah. what his point of view was, and what the hell that was all about. Um, and I felt like uh, it, Josh's departure from that show, I could hear it leave, like it was yeah. gone, like it wasn't Josh anymore. Um, and it, it, you know, it didn't have his. It, it kind of lost his angst um, and his uh, his 
sort of his uh, his his particular philosophical nature um, and his kind of deep empathy for his for his characters, and it just sort of started telling the plot. Um, and it was beautiful. Like it's a beautiful show. Yeah, unquestionably. It's and well there are produced. like some. Yeah, there's just really great performances in it for what they mm-hmm. for what they are performing. Right. Um. But uh, but I don't know, man. Like it was it it, it became a tough watch for me. Oh. Mm. Oh. I'll tell you what I really loved. You know, and I admittedly, you know, full disclosure, he's a good friend of ours. But I thought that uh, Ryan did an amazing job with um, House of the Dragon. Yes. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you sequelize or do a follow up to Game of Thrones? And I think he did it masterfully. I, yeah, I that's thought a, it was fine. It could have gone much worse. I thought it was fine. <laughs> it could have gone much. There are so many ways like it that's could have a gone ringing wrong. endorsement. And, I'm surely going to use I'm, that in the ad for season two. I'm on. It could have gone so wrong. Yeah. Darren Doctorman and Gloria. The, uh, the the trick with that show is, you know, the the book that it's based on, Fire and Blood, is a history book. It would be right. like doing an adaptation of Jeffrey of Monmouth, like the history of the kings of Britain. You know what I mean? Like, it's how do you turn that? into a television show. And um, Ryan's insight of allowing time uh, to be, you know, kind of part of that story, I thought was kind of a, a pretty brilliant choice. Yeah. And, you know, the other ballsy. thing- It was really ballsy. Very ballsy. And the other thing that I found fascinating, and look, some of this is like, is, you know, tales out of school because, you know, we have the opportunity, we get to talk to Ryan. But, um, you know, the in Fire and Blood, it's, it is it's presenting different people's takes, different points of view on the history. One source says it was this. Another source says it was this. Another source says it was this. And the the needle that uh, that that Ryan is threading in a really interesting way is he is he's basically taking those different sources and he is putting them together and he's saying, yeah, but but this is ground truth without denying like those things in the book as an adaptation exercise to me it's like it's just it's fascinating uh it's fascinating to watch here's an idea for smackdown this year why don't we have all the ships face off against a different dragon it could be like a smackdown <laughs> dragon smackdown there are ships Ryan could be the arbiter that would get their asses handed who, to I them know, who would win <laughs> it's the searcher versus varmerthak or whatever. Oh, man. Okay, now if it could be any dragon, I've got to I'm gonna go make a list. And I'm gonna bring out some of mine, okay? But so uh I'm, but yeah. I'm gonna battle a dragon with Kukulkan from the animated show. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of uh Captain's Courageous Lightning Round, it's a dragon. Oh my god. And 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 then we have Ryan there. He could help us uh, uh-huh. navigate these difficulties, yeah. these dragon dragon we call it dragon's domain round. Dragon's <laughs> domain round. As as long as we don't make Dragons. the same mistakes that they made on Rings of Power. I'm a drag spurt. Okay, so let's talk Wait. about Rings of Power. I have not made it past the first episode. It's terrible. It'll be, okay, I, I made it past the first two, and I'm sorry I did. Like, you actually apologized for it. Now, I, um, I, I think I've told this story to you guys at least, but uh, before that show came out, you know the uh, there was all the the hype, whatever, and and the the Lord of the Rings movies were like they were like at the theater down the street. They were one a, one a week. They were playing them one a week, and Caden wanted to go, so we went. They were starting at like eight o'clock. These were three and a half hour long movies. We're getting home late. He's there. He's in it. He's like, okay, Dad. Now the next one. Now the next one. You know, it's just great. 
because they're terrific and he loves them. We started watching Rings of Power. 15 minutes in, the child says, Dad, he sounds like he's dying. He says, Dad, what time is it? I said, it's 9.15, buddy. He says, oh, how, how much of the episode is left? <laughs> 45 minutes? He goes, Oof. oh. 15 minutes later, Dad, yeah? What time is it? <laughs> it's it's 9.30, buddy. Can I go to bed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's, that is what we were up against. And that was well, like, just because it was boring as opposed to everything else. Speaking to Amazon, less than stellar successes. Did anyone watch Citadel? Their, their no, Make a Baker I franchise? Meant, I don't even know what that I is. I meant to check it out just because I meant to check it out. And then I did not. The Citadel is exactly the kind of show that I should love. Wait, I did yeah, not What is it about? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's about, about an hour long. It's about these, you know, former secret agents that have their memories erased. It's like, right, Kay? It's like Long Kiss Goodnight, and they're yeah. reunited by this super secret agency to fight evil. Um, you I know, mean, it's, 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 it's alias. Fun. It's perfect. alias 2023. Right. It's perfect. Well, it's perfect, perfect. in conception. <laughs> well, it's a theory. I've got a theory. You know what it is? It's McDonald's, and I'll tell you why. And it's, it's the McDonald's. reason why I haven't watched it, because... What I what I read about it, this is what kept me away from it, was that they essentially created it as a format where yeah. they have different casts in different countries and they shoot yeah. those episodes and all that. And that to Never me works, is such a <laughs> no, it's such a soulless exercise. It means that like that nobody is sitting down and really creating this show and finding this show and, and kind of letting the show evolve organically and become a thing that's really interesting and great. I'll give a show all kinds of time to, to find itself if I feel like there's a spark of something in there. But it's like, but if you're telling me that it's all just deterministic, then I'm not interested, man. It's like, I'll go watch Patriot. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. Yeah. by the way, that's a great show if you haven't watched that. I have to, I have to watch that. I've been meaning to, to watch that also. There's a theme with my parents, apparently. On this. <laughs> None of us has mentioned Severance. Oh, oh yeah. I love I love Severance. Yeah. Severance I love great. Severance. If I could marry a TV show, I would marry Severance. <laughs> I would I love, love that it. Ben Stiller on the show to talk about Severance and Star Trek. Star Trek, yeah. And the Red oh, Hour. Oh yes. Uh, can we talk about, by the way, speaking of, of Ben Stiller, what an amazing job he does directing that show. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. It, I did not know he was that visual director. It's so well done. Oh, it's God, like, what if Wes it. Anderson and Stanley Kubrick got super high? <laughs> <laughs> now that could be in the ad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Uh, <laughs> hey, I think Severance as a husband would not treat you very well. I'm just well, saying. But she, but she would, she would remember the next day. It'd be uh, fun. That's true. He'd be really distant. Uh-huh. And I live in a cool house, and I, he wouldn't really be around. It's fine. And if, and if he didn't remember your anniversary, you'd understand why. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> that explains oh a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So Amazon, uh, not the best track record, but uh, as of late. Um, although I got to say, and this is not a genre show, but um, I loved Mrs. Maisel in the beginning. I tolerated it for several seasons, uh, almost gave up on it towards the end. And then the fifth season, 
they they nailed it. They it just came back. They stuck the landing. I haven't All watched it yet. Blazing. Oh, but so I'm excited. What drives Midge Mason? I want a big life. I want to break every single rule there is. Oh boy, I'm lucky. This Mrs. Maisel, you say everything I think. A terrifying connection. You seem to be experiencing very bad luck. I don't know about that. This is my lucky day. My business is really picking up. It's a busy professional office now. What was it like? So many dicks. What? Whatever. Ah, too much talking. Boy, are you in the wrong family, kid. <laughs> Not one person who's ever accomplished anything of worth in life has ever been happy. It's two steps forward, three steps back, and I'm tired of it. This is it. This is, this is the break. They didn't see you for what you are, a goddamn star. You in? I'm in. It's showtime! I'm gonna get this. You'll see. It's Is so it good. glorious? Okay. It's good. So good. That's what I want. You know it's what? So good. I have to tell you. So I'm gonna connect two pieces of the conversation. So, you know, uh, the way that I became friends with Ryan Condal was not just like talking about our mutual love for the works of Robert E. Howard, uh, but we used to sit and watch like Mrs. Maisel. And we would text each other about Mrs. Maisel, like just different episodes, just giggling about <laughs> Mrs. Maisel. I love that like, so much. Just like, you know, and the choreography, look at the costumes. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> well, the costumes, oh the final God. season, you know, I mean, there's one, this is not giving anything away, but the last scene, there's one scene in the automat, one scene. They build a huge set for one scene. It's five. Three minutes, five minutes. I'm like, oh my I God, know. I love Amazon. I want to work for them because they built a whole automat for one I scene. I I lost my mind at the automat scene. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was yeah. like, this is the greatest scene in the history of television right here. Anyone else would have made them cut it or done it on the volume or something. And it was like, they actually built yeah. a set for one scene. And I'm like, I love Amazon. <laughs> Did they show you behind the scenes where they built the whole scene? Did they show you that they built the whole thing or were no, you fooled it, by visual effects? No, I don't think we were fooled. I, don't think, I think, so. think they built it. Does it look like plywood? <laughs> Why? Do you know something that we don't no, know? No, I don't. But did you build that scene? No, I did not. Uh -oh. I could okay. have, though. So. <laughs> oh, were you involved in that? No. No. I you said just baked I, the I goods in the automat, you baked I, the food. That went into the little, Ooh, the little I, things, the little things. No, I, I know how certain things are done, and you know the way things work on a starship. I, I understand. I know every sound <laughs> that this ship makes. <laughs> By the way, I'm sorry, but Eddie Egan has been uh, is is a drunk Eddie Egan has been texting me. Drunk text from Eddie Egan. Uh, yeah, I, which Mark, is, which, what are you wearing? No, no, he, he's <laughs> you know we love Eddie Egan and we do. Uh, and and. Uh, it's nice to hear from him, but uh, Former, uh, I, I haven't had the heart to tell him that we're actually recording an episode right now. Right. So he will figure it out. <laughs> but it's always nice to hear from Eddie, good for the fan is. of the show, friend of the show. And for those it. of you who don't know, a former uh, Paramount publicist and uh, 
uh, all around uh, good guy and uh, fan of Star Trek and uh, related things. Well, I love the Is fact that fan Mrs. Maisel because I think that's becoming a prerequisite to uh, apparently to be on the show. You have to be a fan <laughs> of Mrs. Maisel. Well, you know who we're going to have on in a future episode. Um, uh, Mrs. Maisel, uh, Mrs. Maisel, <laughs> the the wonderful um, DP from Mrs. Maisel, um, whose name was um, whose oh, name God. still is um, uh, uh, David um, David Mullen, I believe. And so David is a huge fan of Star Trek: The Motion Picture, and he actually is coming under false pretenses because he kind of wants to pick Darren's brain. So he's coming on the show to talk about Star Trek The Motion Picture with Darren and Ashley and I will just sit and listen yeah. and make jokes about <laughs> Chekhov not knowing what he was doing when he fired the phasers. Right. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, David Mullen, but he he, he shot uh, Mrs. Maisel and, uh, and has, has, has asked for an audience with the But king. he did not shoot the deputy. <laughs> this is true so what else what else are you guys watching before we we uh we wrap up the state of the sci-fi report uh, uh i'll tell you go ahead i'm sorry darren go ahead no no i mine is a quick one i'm still watching uh old bob barker episodes of the price is right so this is not not related to our discussion can't go wrong with it that is kind of a time can't machine so that's science fiction you know for mother's day I, among the other things i got naomi i did get her the complete bootleg of uh battle of the network stars oh on, oh, on, 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 on blu-ray yeah so she was very excited on about blu -ray. that blu-ray if yeah. anything deserves blu-ray it's battle, it's of, battle of the network stars, stars. yeah oh yeah, i can yeah. think of <laughs> a, a complete wow. complete set of every episode of battle of the network stars wow because wow. you know if, if you want to see richard hatch and kill Gerard or pamela hemsley which is who I, you know and uh <laughs> and uh all the fair Fawcett and all these great great stars of yesteryear the luminous um, Gil Gerard. And I'm sure Tom Selleck is, is, the, is still a star now, and yeah. uh, and a, I'm sure there are a couple other people that uh, were on it then who were still stars now. Not a lot, but there are probably a few. Gerald McRaney, you know. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he ever did Battle Network stars. He, why wouldn't he? Uh, yeah. He, he was a good. I think they. I think they all had his to mustache. Did. <laughs> yeah. Well, he probably yeah, did the Circus did the of the Stars because Circus of the Stars was on CBS and, and ABC had Battle of the Network Stars. Yeah, Battle of the yeah, Network Battle. Stars had a better title and it was a better show. Maybe um, yeah, they should do I, Battle of the Network Star Trek Stars. There's so many Star Trek shows now, you could do a Battle of the Network Star Trek Stars. They could do yeah, that. Yeah, but I think some of the cast would it struggle. Was, it, it was Battle of the Reality Network Stars. Yeah, but that was bullshit. It's not the so same. So bad. They have no, they don't mean anything. They have no cultural, you know, it's so ephemeral, those no. reality stars. Gone, you know, here today, gone tomorrow. You know? And like, honestly, and like, that show was so hard. Like, you, I, if I'm going to watch Battle of the Network Stars, I better see, like, little Melissa Gilbert vomiting after running a race. <laughs> Little Melissa Gilbert, <laughs> she's vomiting. Do you see this? Can you believe it? Little house on the pool. <laughs> Not since Ali has anybody vomited this much. How uh, it goes so. <laughs> um, I lived in New York in the same building as Howard Cosell. I never saw him. Really? And it broke my heart. I, heard I, I, I was dying to run into Howard Did Cosell. Did you see the toupee I, anywhere? No, hmm. I didn't. And I, every time I got in the elevator, I thought, Just a maybe this is the day I see Howard Cosell. But it never, it was not to be, Cherie. Oh, that's very oh, sad. Sp speaking of which, Indiana Jones, where are we on that? Anybody? But, I'm excited. I'm, I'm uh, super excited. I can't wait. I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm not. just. 
Woo. Yay. I'm very excited. Don't tell that to your friend, James Mangold. I can't afford afford to be excited. I'm excited. I I, I can't do it. I'm always optimistic until I actually see stuff. I think I, I want to believe. I told you I'm, I'm Fox Mulder. Like, I don't know. Um, I like you know, it's a it's it's a very difficult, it's a very difficult thing, complicated thing for me. Yeah. Um, Anything else you guys are watching? Um, I'll tell you what I on the science fiction front that I just watched that I loved. Did not expect to love. I expected it to be Canadian. That sounds wrong, but it does. I understand what you, what you mean. Um, Orphan Black. N- no, it's too Canadian. Um, uh, the Expanse. We're wounded, broken, trying desperately to keep ourselves going by pretending we're not. Poor, poor Alta. Doesn't know where she'll get her food and water. Welcome to the bill. Ceres will be the capital city of our Belter nation. A place all Belters and forever call home! I just received word they've located the Norris's ship. You have something in mind? I do. Permission to come aboard? What's going on? The old lady believes the Rossi is the best option for this operation. Are you getting paid extra for this? There's a war on. Captain Drummer, we was Golden Bow. Now we fight with you. Good. I'm ready for a fight. A war will come soon enough. Let them come. We'll be ready. Holy shit. What is it? The mother Jafada. He's better with you at his side. I tried to save Philip, and I failed. Firing one! In the end, the only thing that matters is fighting for who's covering your back. I went about to see what it's doing to us. I want them to see the lives we've lost, the pain we've suffered. I never loved you because you were fighters. I loved you because you were builders. We need something to give us a reason. loved the expanse the first season was fine but like once it got into the into the second season like the way that it just it, it just did a lot of things that i i haven't seen um like space opera science fiction shows do before like in a really interesting in a really interesting way and i just i i i loved that show i thought it was pretty brilliant um i, I only watched the, the pilot and I just could not get into it, but I probably should try it. It was a while, like years ago. Yeah, yeah. I like, I had to like, 
I mean, it was one of those things that I turned on to have something going while I was working. And as I got towards the end, it started to kind of coalesce and gel. And then I started watching it because I wanted to watch it. Um, but uh, yeah, like the, the, it's it's very Canadian, especially like in its in its first season. You can feel yeah. the Canada. Happening. Oh yeah, I, I, I have to admit that I I could not get past the guy in the hipster hat. In the oh, first uh, Miller, yeah, the uh, played by Thomas Jane, the Punisher. Yeah, Thomas Jane. Who, yeah. One year at Comic Con, we saw a pee in the pool on top of the U.S. Grant Hotel. Because he well, was that that's what you do if you're staying at the U.S. Grant. That's right. Nobody would nobody pool. would do that at the Marriott. Mm. He's hell no. Because first of all, there's no pool on the roof of the Marriott, and he's second, the, he's the wow. movie star with no personality. Yeah. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. He's the one they can all agree on. Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, I know a lot of people that love The Expanse, and I just never got into it. Not because it wasn't good, but. I I just I don't know I never got into it but I respect so many people that love that show yeah, and I, I'm sure maybe in the right frame of mind if I gave it another chance maybe I would if I'd stuck with it I would love it yeah. I probably would but just never never it just never, feels never like Babylon Five me. with more money but not that much more money it's yeah still a that's little the problem cheapy, even better, though it was super effect. expensive yeah and but, better yeah. acting and sound right yeah. Less well, they believed in post sound. Less you, you you remember Babylon Five didn't do post yeah, sound because ridiculous. he didn't want anything stepping on his dialogue. Yeah, that's yeah. nuts. I am looking forward to the oh, animated yes. series. Uh, you know so, what? I saw that trailer and uh, I just kind of had to ask myself: Did the animation on this show, um, and how much did they charge? Because it don't look great. It's they like, probably did it for next to nothing. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I, I can tell you what next to nothing is yeah. and like what you can get for next to nothing. And if that's like, <laughs> it, you can get better than that, like at next to nothing. Wow. Like, I, I, I mean, I you, wouldn't like, be surprised if this was Joe's, you know, like got a fan to do it and then they uh, backed into their Warner Brothers deal. I don't know. Remember, <laughs> remember, it's all about the story, right? Sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's all about the story. We're yeah. talking about the negative Nancy fight. today. I don't like that. No, we're, we, you know, so let's talk about something we love. I know, Kay, you've always been a big Doctor Who fan. What's the deal with Doctor yeah. Who these days? It's what is happening with Doctor Who is that Russell Davies has come back, and I could not be happier about this. Um, I did not like. Uh, I, the, I thought the last era, the Chibnall era, I enjoyed. So Tom Baker's out. He's not doing it anymore, right? Tom Baker's out. <laughs> Had to hang up the scarf. Okay. Uh, but the Stephen Moffat years, I did not like at all. Mm. Um, I just don't respond to his writing, basically. So you didn't like the David Tennant and... Uh, I love, and, yeah. And Matthew David. Smith and... Matt Smith, I did not love. Not Matt Smith himself, but but that Doctor Who. But mm. the yeah, the Dave Tennant years were fantastic. That was my favorite. Amazing, uh, Ama just some amazing yeah. episodes. Yeah, yeah. It's I just absolutely love it. Um, so Russell Davies, who did those shows, has come back, mm -hmm. and I'm extremely excited to see what he does with it. Yeah, because I really, really like his writing a lot. He actually did two shows that not a lot of people here saw. Um, one called "It's a Sin," mm. which based on, on the Pet Shop Boys song. I was just going to uh, say that. 
It is not. Oh, it, too bad. It is I like that about, song. Uh, AIDS era in England and oh. it is absolutely brilliant. It is not a bummer of a show. Uh, it's beautifully cast. It's it's incredible. And then before that, he did a show mm. called Years and Years, mm. which mm. is one of the best science fiction shows I've ever seen. Mm. So and HBO just dumped it. Mm. But absolutely now, Kay, fantastic. Here's something you don't know and probably don't want to know. Oh, but It's a Sin was the song we used for the video at Rob's bachelor party. That somehow tracks. <laughs> <laughs> because that was a, a bacchanalia. And, oh, um, and, and that, that, that video was, uh, I think that that show was, uh, it started us off for a long <laughs> and interesting evening at Rob's bachelor party. It's a Sin. Yep. Indeed it was. It was, was more sinning than sin. More sinner than sinning. A long time ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. More yes, sinning than sinned against. So I have a I have a, a documentary um, uh, recommendation. Yeah. for everybody because you do. I'm trying to get more people to watch this crazy shit. What is it? Tell us. It's called the Curious Case of Natalia Grace. It is on. I'm going to keep calling it HBO Max because Max right. is not what I want to call it. And that's all I'm going to say. You just really? have to start watching it and you will, you'll watch it and you'll go, oh, what the fuck is going on? So it's like Tiger King? It is Tiger King wishes. I mean, wow. this thing is absolutely insane. It's insane. Okay. We watched a hundred years of Warner Brothers on Max and I was grateful that they didn't include many of their MGM films. So that was a plus. <laughs> it's a pretty good documentary, you know, until maybe the last 20 minutes. But um, but I, I enjoyed it. I was glad to, you know, did they, you know, they've been, they've avoided so much like in that Oscar montage showing anything, you know, before, certainly before the, the, the mid seventies. Um, so it was nice that this documentary actually goes back to the beginning and spends yeah. a fair amount of time on the twenties and the thirties and the forties as they should, you know, certainly a vintage era for, so look, before we wrap up, I think it's only right. People are saying you did a whole thing on state of science fiction. You right. have Kay on the show, somebody who doesn't mince words. She's like bones. She oh, just so. tells it like it is. So what's the state of Star Trek right now? Oof. The state of Star Trek. Uh, of course, I'm going to say the thing now, which oh boy. that's fine. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely adore Strange New World. You're gonna start the engine sometime soon, Erica. <laughs> Don't worry, I did this a hundred times during the war. It's like riding a bike. I sense a tension, a feeling that something's in the air. My God. Our job puts us up against death. We might not like it, but we do have to face it. Hold on to your saddles. We are explorers. 
It's easy to forget how awesome that is. That's the mission. It's what we love most. I have this crazy theory. I love a crazy theory. What does this mean? I don't know. Jump. Do you know the odds of all of us being here at this time? It's improbable. And yet, here we are, together. Surprise! Live long and prosper, Mr. Boimler. I'll, you also live and... I just love it. I love everything about it. I'm so happy that it's back. I'm sad that there is now one fewer episode for me to watch. Um, if Strange New Worlds was the template for Star Trek moving forward, I would be delighted. I will say this. Please go into the future, Star Trek. <laughs> please, please go please, into the please. future. Go like a thousand years after Next Generation. Go into the future. Let's see what we find in the future because new I mean, characters, new ideas, new adventures. Yeah, I have I, bad I'm news just... for you. They did it. It's called that, uh, but you know, go ahead. That thing you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I just, uh, I appreciate that they are threading the needle. I understand why they had to thread it or thought that they had to thread the needle to kind of get people back into watching the franchise. I think the time is now past and we don't have to do that anymore. So the the next shows, I would love to see if they did a Starfleet Academy a thousand years in the future. I think that'd be great. Well, that's what they're well, doing. That's, that's, that's what they're doing. Which is funny yeah, because I mean, that's the one show I don't think they should. But Discovery is still tied to uh, where... Tethered it, to the past? Yeah. Because yeah. they came from this pre- yeah, it came from the whales. future into the past to save the present. And the whales. And the whales. No, Wait. I don't think there's no whales. Yes, there. <laughs> um well, okay, that look, that's 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 great. And um um I, I you know uh and yeah. we you know, we talk about things that we like, and Kay talked about something that she liked. Absolutely. I and look, there are a lot of people that do love these shows, and um nobody nobody is telling you what to like or what not to like and um, I'm, I'm glad you found a kindred spirit in uh, Kay, but I got to tell you, <laughs> no, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say. It. Although I will say is, I love Paul Wesley in Vampire Diaries, and 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 Paul yes. Wesley is, um, you know, he has a Jimmy, a James Dean kind of quality, a simmering internal. Why anyone would cast him as Captain James T. Kirk is absolutely beyond me. I think he's terrific. I got no issues with him. I just think I can't imagine somebody more wrong for the role of Captain James. Uh, I I like him as Kirk, uh, but I but my issue is that I did watch every second of Vampire Diaries, so it is hard for me to kind of shift that. I know that when he comes back, that's the alternate universe Kirk, so he will be different. He's not um, that so different. He's just as bland as he is in the other universe. He's a wet sock. But uh, I, you mean it's their it's their take on sitting under forever. I'll be curious to talk to you about it offline when you've seen it. And when I say sitting under forever, I don't mean qualitatively. I mean story wise. 
Uh, how we'll talk about it. it. Being it's mysterious. It's, it's, well, it, it's like it's city on the edge in Toronto. City on the edge of Toronto. See, remember that thing I said earlier about things being really Canadian? But I gotta say, I'm I'm so happy that there is an audience for the show, that they've embraced it, that they love it. That's great to have you on singing its praises. There's so many people like you who love the show, and that's great. Well, let me ask you guys then what what would you like to see Star Trek wise? Uh, I want to see Star Trek Legacy, damn it. That's yeah. what I want to see. I want to see. I, I, it's funny. I agree with you about I want to see more shows with the original cast set in the future, boldly go. But I do want to see Star Trek Legacy yeah. because Terry gets it. And, yes. you know, there's more life left in these characters. And it can go forward and still honor the past. And I think it would be fantastic. I want to see yeah. great adventures with great writing and great characters that we care about. Exactly. That's it. Because the rest of it is just, well, okay. It's, it's, you know, it's all toys. Yeah, it's all whatever. things that happen. Um, I will say, and I, you know, then I'll probably be like the, the lone voice on this one, but I kind of tripped and fell and, um, can't get up. I, I, I started, I, I, I gave lower decks another chance. It's on. Prepare yourself for Warp 10 excitement. Discover the undiscovered country. The USS Cerritos remains impounded while their captain stands trial. Have you lost your mind? Captain Carol Freeman stands against... I can't believe this. I wonder how Mariner's taking it. Oh, I'm taking it. Taking it to the limit. Did you time your entrance to say that? What? No. Oh, yeah, she did. Starfleet isn't all about being fed fruit by erotic aliens with slightly different nose ridges. I could get real used to this kind of treatment. Sometimes you gotta get your hands dirty. It's on. This is an unauthorized launch. So begin the greatest adventure of your life. Yeah! These broken rocks are reading our nightmares, but I don't like my nightmares. Behold! Ooh. So magical. There's going to be times when you need to make a mess of things before you can fix them. <laughs> like how I'm going to have to cut this guy's foot off so we can grow him a new one. Wait, what was that? Whatever happens, <laughs> we're going to be right beside you. We're in this together. Help! Ah! Let's go! My head. More ah! Starfleet! Hell yeah. I can't believe we're at Deep Space Nine! Wait, wait, just buy me some time. Uh, sir, how, how do we do that? Uh, I don't know, just circle around and pretend we're in awe of the pylons. Um. Just keep circling. And uh, I decided that I really liked that show. Like, once I figured out that that show was about what happens when the original series becomes roommates with the next generation, and they kind of become friends, and they have adventures together, I went, oh, okay. Actually, I literally have not seen it. I actually, based on your recommendation, I'm planning to watch it. I'm excited about watching it. I just... I just I'm not a big animation person like you are, so right. it it just wasn't on. And I heard great things; people seem to love it. Like I am going to give it a chance. 
the first few episodes, again, it's like one of those things. Like the first few episodes are not that great. And then it's like, then it kind of figures out what it is and how those characters are supposed to relate to each other. And then it does, there are some episodes, like there's an episode that is the penultimate episode of the second season that is all different points of view of characters, lower decks, like on a Vulcan ship, on a Klingon ship. a certain ship. point of view. Yeah, and it's 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 awesome. It's like, it's it's some of the best, it is probably the best depiction of Vulcans. Right. Of a Vulcan character that I've seen in... Well, I see, you know, look, clearly Mike McMahon loves Star Trek. He has a yep. passion for it. It has a, a very... Um, uh, enthusiastic following. So, you know, yeah. when you told me how much you loved it, I absolutely am going to uh, watch it at some point when I have the time to do it in the near future. I'm going to watch it too, because I also don't really watch animated stuff. Um, I don't know why. I just. Yeah. I just Breaks, kind of by the way, is terrific. Um, during a whole extended arc where one of the characters, where Beamler is, uh, is serving on the Titan. Oh. With, with Captain Frakes, with, with Captain oh Frakes, with Captain Riker, and Riker is awesome. It's just awesome, uh, yeah. and it's just he's it's everything that you would want Captain Riker to be if oh. he were animated. Someday I'll okay. see it, but right now I don't have a subscription to Paramount Plus. No. Darn it! Oh. Someday, okay, someday. And on that note, we want to thank Kay for joining us for another episode of Inglorious Trexpers. This was the state of sci-fi. I'm sure we missed some of your favorite shows. You you can let us know what we missed or where you disagree uh, by uh, reaching out on social at Inglorious Trek on Twitter, Inglorious Trexpers on Instagram or Facebook, and uh, let us know what you think. Or if you're listening to us on Spotify, you can... Uh, Listen, uh, uh, vote in polls and other unique uh, feedback, viewer, viewer feedback, exclusive to the Spotify platform, where you can also subscribe to Trexpress Plus for bonus episodes of the next, the next 78, the next 78 <laughs> podcast uh, available uh, uh, through subscription only, along with the new Trexpress screening room, where we'll be watching uh, curated episodes and movies that uh, only available to our Trexpress Plus subscribers. So uh, until uh, next week, a very hearty thank you to the great Mark Rivera. A very special thank you to Kay Reindell for once again finding the time in her busy schedule to join us here on the Trexpers. And you for coming on and indulging us while we talk about all this crap. Um, and if you enjoyed what you heard, please rate us five stars on uh, uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to uh, the show. And um, on behalf of uh, Kay, Ashley, Darren Doctorman, and myself, Keep on trekking, and gloriously, of course. Shh.